0: Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. In this series, produced in partnership with NRF Retail Converge, we're offering event highlights from the five-day virtual conference. Our goal is to bring you a concise summary so you can keep a pulse on the leading retail trends. I'm Matt Gardner, joined by my colleagues Kristen Howe, Randy Evans, and Evan Bowler, all of us part of SAP's retail advisory practice. Stay tuned for insights and takeaways from interviews with top executives from UPS, Walmart, CV Albertsons, Walt Disney, and many more. Kristen, as far as keynote sessions on day two, what did you think?
1: Thanks, Matt. I really enjoyed the keynote session from Carol Tomei, who's the CEO of UPS. She talked a lot about their response to the COVID pandemic in terms of the increased volume of packages, changes in government policies that were affecting their business. And the key for her was all about agility, listening to customers, listening to their team members, and taking that feedback into the processes and technologies to meet these increased demands. They even some of the appearance policies to make their associates more comfortable in the day-to-day of their jobs, which seem to have a really big impact on employee engagement and the overall performance of the company. What I also found interesting was the discussion around sustainability. She mentioned that UPS has an objective to be carbon neutral by 2050. And interestingly enough, as a side note, there was also a great session on sustainability and fashion where the Rothy's team talked a lot about how they're focused on green practices and their manufacturing as well. So be sure to check that one out. The big takeaway was UPS as a technology company. So in addition to hiring 40,000 new employees, they're also in a bit of a war for talent when it comes to software development and engineering, because technology is what's enabling them to redesign these processes and meet that increase in demand. And I know, Randy, you also listened to the session. So I'm curious what your takeaways were as well.
2: Thanks, Kristen. That was exciting to hear her background. She came from Home Depot. They yanked her out of retirement. She was living on a ranch in Virginia, and they convinced her to, to come and run UPS. That, that's fascinating. And, and she had a great energy. And- did a very good job of expressing the human side of UPS. And a couple of interesting comments. One is when she got there, she felt that they were over-engineered. And having worked in supply chain, I can see how that would happen in a very supply chain centric company like UPS. And she had to spend some time getting them to think more about the people side of the business. The other thing I thought was fantastic was she was very articulate when it came to talking about their cloud technology strategy. To hear a CEO have that depth of knowledge in a technology strategy, that is spectacular. Almost, you could say, as a requirement in today's retail world, it has to be on the CEO's desk. And it is very apparent that UPS is pulling that off with Carol Tomei as their CEO. It's a great session.
0: Another session that talked quite a bit about cloud tech was with the CTO and CDO of Walmart. One of the things he spoke to was Walmart's hybrid cloud. This seems to be a common theme we're seeing across a number of businesses where they're using abstraction to bridge across clouds. We're even seeing this in SAP's strategy around the business technology platform, the idea of, hey, let's make effective bite-sized components that address a specific need in the business towards the end of the session, they really were talking about what changed in recent years. And the thing that was added of all the common things that we've heard is trust and safety. That the level of security being provided needs to meet a minimum threshold to have customers feel their data and their values in the relationship with the company are safe.
1: So Matt, it's interesting you bring up the topic of security because there was a great session on 24-7 retailer security led by Walt Disney. And what I found interesting thinking about Walmart and mom and pop retailers, when it comes to data security and protocols like GDPR, this session talked a lot about how big or small these security concerns, the regulations, the need for cybersecurity and data security is omnipresent in the retail space and the requirements are growing, the expectations from customers around security are growing. And I know, Matt, you listened to the session from the Biden administration on some of the protocols and processes that they're looking at from a security perspective. So I'd love to hear what your takeaways were from that session.
0: Thanks, Kristen. The Biden session was about improving the nation's cybersecurity. There was an executive order put out on May 12th, and one of the main elements being addressed is software supply chain security making sure that the development of the software itself from the beginning is up to certain standards. Another big piece was reporting requirements for vendors serving the government. And the discussion eventually came around to ransomware, which we all know has been more common in recent months. It was noted that the best companies not only have a response plan, it's very critical that you execute on those response plans instantly so that there's no hesitation in the strategy. The administration is engaging the National Institute of Standards and Technology, and NIST is offering workshops that people can search for on Google — just search for NIST workshops — to find webinars that will be produced in upcoming months so you can get better insights on how these things will affect your business in the private sector. Obviously this had a lot to do with the way security integrates into business strategy. And Randy, I know you watched a session that was dealing with this in the trenches of some companies. Could you speak a bit to what you saw there?
2: Yes. Thanks, Matt. I got to watch the session with Albertsons, Total Wine, and Gap. They'd all developed strategies. They were all executing against those strategies. And COVID basically destroyed them all. They were not prepared for something of the depth and nature of COVID. But all three companies were able to very quickly adjust. Albertsons, for example, recognized pretty quickly that buy online, pick up in store was going to be the methodology that would help them sustain throughout all of this, and also address their customers' desires. Because the customer was a a little disconcerted to come into the store. Total Wine, same conversation, gap a little differently. They brought all their inventory back into their distribution center and then did their online transactions out of their distribution center. So they were able to save money, manage their inventory more centrally, and deliver results that allowed them to sustain themselves through the pandemic all three companies were very adamant while they expect the consumer to come back in store they don't expect the digitization of the consumer to wane they expect it to grow so it gets to that omni commerce conversation it's not a either or It's a both conversation. The last thing I thought was extremely interesting is to listen to the Albertsons folks talk about how the consumer changed not only the digitization of their shopping experience, but also the nature of it. They found that, for example, baked goods. In the past, the consumer would be willing to buy the finished good, but as the pandemic started, they saw a transition to buying the ingredients for the baked goods. So it was very interesting to hear these companies articulate how the pandemic affected them, but also how it affected their shop.
3: Yeah, it sounds like a great session, Randy. I saw a session with the president of CVS Pharmacy, who shared a lot of the same sentiment. CVS had the opportunity to be deemed an essential business last year with their pharmacy, participating very closely with the federal pharmacy program to roll out vaccines and testing centers throughout the country, because they also have such a wide network of 10,000 stores that are hyper-localized and focused in very local communities. They also had the opportunity to look at the retail side of things. And Neela, the president of CVS Pharmacy, saw as vaccines rolled out to more of the population that consumers come back more to brick and mortar and that they are starting to iterate new store formats. They're really starting to tailor their product assortment, the layout of the store, the feel, because consumer preferences have changed. That's something that she noted and that we've seen as a theme across NRF. CVS is trying to meet the right community with the right store format for the right consumer.
2: Thanks, Evan. It's a great observation. It reminds me of the session that I attended focused on Southeast Grocers and Winn-Dixie, because they not only had to deal with the pandemic and all the complexity that it brought, they were also in the midst of revamping their entire company. It was heartening to hear Anthony Hucker talk about that there's a direct correlation between happy employees, happy customers, and a solid bottom line. And they've been about making that transition happen. Over the past three or four years, and from the looks of things and from the comments that I heard from the session, they're well on their way to reaching that success and understanding that culture wins. Growing up in the grocery business, it was good to hear that level of leadership, that people are the most important part of your business. It was a great session.
1: So, Randy, thinking about those winning cultures and putting employees at the heart of what you do, there was an interesting session around building rapport and how retailers can think about the interview process they use to recruit that talent that ultimately will be the crown jewel of their culture and what i liked about the session on these human connections and interviews it was a prescriptive approach to how retailers can use techniques like active listening empathy building a sense of autonomy and trust with the prospective team members they bring into interview and it's got some great tips in it about how retailers can use these techniques to very quickly understand the ethos of a candidate and make make some very important and strategically critical decisions about whether or not those prospective candidates will fit into the the culture that they've all worked so hard to build.
3: Yeah, that's a great point, Kristen. And keeping in the vein of staying human-centric and empowering your employees and your workforce, saw another great session with Tapestry and Zulily today that talked about the human-centric approach that they're taking to edge technologies like AI and machine learning and embedding them in more and more crucial processes throughout their organizations. When we hear the terms AI and machine learning thrown around in retail and in different industries, we all tend to think of them as either a sci-fi project or a magic bullet technology that's going to solve all my woes and automate all my processes. The Zulily and Tapestry executives had a refreshing perspective on the fact that these tools just allow them to do what they're already doing today just better and at scale. They're doubling down. And they believe in the expertise and the power of their marketers and merchandisers to know the market and understand their consumers and their brand. And just empowering them with the right tools and technology helps them scale and and do their jobs better.
0: Interesting. AI is progressive enhancement to business processes. Thanks, Evan. It brings to mind some takeaways from the Walmart session where Global CIO and CDO Shuresh Kumar listed off some potent ML use cases, including data, voice, edge computing, and computer vision, and how all these can work together to deliver superior experiences. Just a few examples. Let's look at edge computing. By offloading a lot of work to the devices becoming more powerful in employees' hands, they don't have to wait for a round-trip time to the cloud to get certain insights. Looking at voice commands, they said in the first month of rolling out their voice technology, they had a million queries because staff are so busy on the floor. That typing is less ideal. And then looking at computer vision, the technology is getting to the point where if you have bulkier items that you're setting up on the counter at checkout, the employee doesn't have to find the barcode anymore. You can literally point the camera at the object, and it will know what it is by the trained ML model. And finally, thanks to the hybrid cloud I spoke to earlier, they even built a push to talk feature into their frontline app so staff can communicate with each other, all thanks to innovations in AI, ML, and the latest cloud technologies.
3: Tying this back to some other sessions that I watched, there was another theme of experimentation, right? That AI and machine learning scales their ability to experiment with new models, new channels, reaching out to new customers with new marketing campaigns. The executive from Tapestry talked about how they launched a new automated outreach marketing campaign six months ago, and they recruited 700,000 new customers in just the last six months alone with these new AI tools. And that number grows to 1.5 million if you include last holiday season as well. These tools and these new outreach methods are extremely impactful and we're seeing companies experiment with them more and more.
0: Wow. AI automating outreach. What a great use case. And with that, we'll close out the discussion about day two sessions. Thanks, Kristen, Evan, and Randy for sharing your insights with listeners.
1: Thanks, Matt.
3: Thanks, Matt. It was a lot of fun looking forward to the next one.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. It was great. And I'm
1: looking forward
2: to January 2022, where we're all in New York City attending NRF in person.
0: We've attended the top sessions from the NRF Retail Converge event, unpacking insights with top retail experts. And we're looking forward to a number of sessions tomorrow with top executives from Bed Bath & Beyond, Kohl's, Sam's Club, Equifax, Ralph Lauren, and more. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform to continue getting the latest retail insights and visit us at sap.com retail. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing highlights from day three tomorrow.